When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Off The Bench Summer Edition. All the big news and views from sport. Here we are, nearly at the end of summer anyway. What are we now? A week down into the last month of summer. I was only thinking about that today. My mother-in-law was over from New Zealand for four days. Yep. And every five minutes I heard about the humidity. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I get it. Okay. Uh, off the bench, welcome to it. Jason Matthews and Scotty Sattler. He's such a big hunk of spunk. Doing the show again. You like that, don't you? I love Matt. No, but that's you, though. You are the you are the eye candy in this show. Really? Got, well, I'm better looking. I'm, I'm fatter, but I'm better looking than Rat. You're cuddlier. <laughs> that's right. Yep. And cuddly gets you some points yeah, with the ladies. Absolutely. Uh, welcome to another edition of Off the Bench, summer edition, where we discuss the big league stories. Of the week and look back on some of the highlights from sports. Well, there are some highlights, uh, like you and Rat catching up with Benny Eichen, North, former North Sydney Bear. Well, it's all it's on the lips again, isn't it? Yeah. It's been going on for so long, bring the Bears back. And and Peter Volandis has said now, well, we have to look at expansion for the 18th team and we have to take them into consideration. And I don't know whether this is on the back of all the unrest and the, and the hostility in Papua New Guinea at the moment or whether... They're looking at, let's kill two birds with one stone. Can we make them the PNG bears? It's like that meme of Homer Simpson where he backs into the bushes. <laughs> I, I can't imagine PNG being called the bears. I mm. think they'd want to pick their own moniker. Probably mm. the hunters like yeah. they are in the yeah, local Yeah, that's crop. right. Yeah. So um, I, I think it leans towards Perth possibly becoming the 18th team. But we all know it should be Western Brisbane or Perth. The time that the, everyone look at everyone says the time difference is perfect for Perth, but you got that beautiful Western Corridor of Brisbane. Which Try it, telling the players they have to get on a plane. I and know. fly five hours. I know that. <laughs> I mean, it won't affect the Broncos because they never leave Queensland. Yeah, true. So yeah. that that's that's fine. Uh, I caught up with Jared Waitley in Vegas ahead of Super Bowl, which is uh, Monday morning. We'll have a chat to him. He's can't he's wait a, to go to Super Bowl next year. Are you going yeah, next year? New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans. I know. That's good that you get to but go. But Jared Waitley, I mean, he goes every year. He's a he great does. caller. Great caller when it comes to this, well, any sport, but Super Bowl. Live action, uh, Monday morning uh, on SCN from 9 o'clock, wherever you are, and on the SCN app, Jared, Benny Graham, and Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, wow. Are our core team. The Cardinal. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you and um, uh, Rat caught up with surfing royalty Oki, Mark Okalupo. Did you say surfing? Yeah, surfing. <laughs> That's just been cool. Uh, plus, we've got all your racing good oil from uh, Chris Nelson coming up. He's got some great tips for, is it Doombin or Eagle Farm this weekend? It's Doombin. Doombin this yep. weekend, okay. Before we go any further, the dig segment. Thanks to Sherlock yeah. Wheelbarrows. View the range of Sherlock last longer.com.au. What are you having a dig at? I'm having Saps? a dig at Logan Paul. I mean, he, this guy is a dead set nitwit. Now, we know he's worth millions, but he's come out and said he thinks he's a better boxer and he would beat. Australia's Jai Opatia, who's yeah. the world cruiserweight champion. Honestly, Jai Opatia would p- 
put him in a coma. Uh, absolutely. In the mm. first round. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, from the job site to your backyard, lighten the load with Sherlock available Bunnings Warehouse. The CEO at the QRL, former uh, North Sydney Bear, Benny Eichen. Here he is. As Lamb goes high again, more work for Matt Sears. Point. He's made the mistake. Eichen, Eichen, he'll score. The youngster, he goes in to score. His first origin try. What a magic moment for Queensland, for Paul Vorton and for Ben Eichen. 1995 that was, of course, Fatty Vorton in his first year as coach for the Queensland Maroons. And they beat New South Wales 3-0. It should have been the series that Queensland never won. It, sh- it, should, it shouldn't have been. But, but didn't, didn't Fatty not even recognise Ike when he was – is that true? Yeah. Is that a true – well, yeah. well, well, in the him. elevator. He's in the elevator. Yeah. So he played for the Gold Coast Seagulls. He played for the Brisbane Broncos. 17 games for Queensland. Two games for the Kangaroos. But what we're going to get him on to talk about is his 87 games for North Sydney between 96 <laughs> and 99 because the North Sydney Bears, it's on the lips of – They're in the news. PVL and expansion and – we thought we'd talk to a former bear, and that man is Benny Eichen. How are you, Benny? Going good, boys. You, you know this. This is like a good trivia question to know the answer to. The last international player to come out of the North Sydney Bears is who? The last international player. Uh, Billy ben Moore? I- ben Eichen? Bingo, Brad. Yeah, you've always been the smart one in this duo. Yeah, mate, it's not hard. Now, is it true when Fatty didn't recognise you in '95 in the elevator when you turned up for the first game uh, training that you had? You had on back to front, had on back to front like a skateboard. Slides. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. I hopped in the lift, Matty Singh and Fatty Vorton, and rode six floors together and (laughs) paid me no mind. Got out of the lift, and of course, I'm in the team, so I follow them and. Fatty turns around, looks me up and down and says, mate, this floor is for State of Origin players only. If you some autographs, you have to wait downstairs in the foyer. <laughs> I said, mate, I'm in your team. <laughs> and he just gave me a head wobble and said, well, come in then. <laughs> oh, an absolute One of the great stories. Now, North Sydney Bears, as we said, they're back in the news. Peter Volandi's mentioning that if expansion goes ahead, well, North Sydney Bears have to be taken into consideration. As a former Bear, you must... You must be uh, must be music to your ears hearing that they're at the top of everyone's lips. Well, they're a foundation club, you know, and I'm a, um, I love a bit of rugby league history. So, look, if you were able to bring the Bears out of hibernation, pardon the pun, and engage <laughs> that fan base that, look, I don't know how much of it still lies dormant, but certainly that part of Sydney um, isn't properly serviced. Um, and consider, considering Sydney's a rugby league town, that's that's a travesty. So if they find a way, you know, to take the Bears' IP, its history, and plonk it somewhere, and doesn't kind of have to be anywhere near Sydney, it can be anywhere here or overseas, um, and then bring that history back to life and bolt it back onto the elite game, of course, I think that'd be a great thing. And then the second layer is, is that every time the Bears, no matter where they're based, play a Sydney-based team away from home, well, all those Bears fans get to come and cheer on that brand, at least. So... It has merit, but just, you know, in my current role, I have to advocate for, you know, the two contenders north of the border. We've got the PNG Hunters, who are keen to have a side, and, of course, the Brisbane Tigers, um, for operational readiness, are right to go, very financial. So it's just good to see that there are options as the game looks to expand. Um, there's good people running good organisations that are ready to step up into that elite category. Mate, as, as the CEO of the QRL, and, and I know you have to advocate for those teams that are here, but 
would the QRL be open to the relocation of the Bears into Queensland if that was on the table? It's got nothing to do with us. So I, I guess it'd be about you know the Bears talking to the willing parties up this way, right? And seeing if they could hatch a deal. Yeah. Um, the QRL has no jurisdiction over you know what team becomes 18, 19, 20, however big they want to grow the. Um, top competition. Um, all, all we know is that um, in Queensland at the moment, we have four sides and we have a big, sprawling, passionate um, supporter base and that we could sustain another franchise. And if uh, it means the Bears move up here and go somewhere, then that's something we would support because another NRL team in Queensland means more opportunity for Queensland kids. Yeah, I think the Western Corridor is just... Yeah, you've, you've been just, banging on about that lay for down with years. There. Now, did you ever well, take... Well, to be fair, I should say, before we step away from this, that's sorry to interrupt, yeah, but yeah. The, the, the Brisbane Tigers, I have seen their bid, and even though it's going to come out of Brisbane Central, um, they have made big plans uh, to support the Western Corridor. They would sort of immediately, and I think before even they, they get considered for a licence, are looking at injecting funds into the Western Corridor now, uh, as far out as Toowoomba. So, look, Western Corridor support, um, I'd be right in behind that. Um, and the, the Brisbane Tigers, or if it ends up the Bears, servicing that region, um, I think it'd be a great thing for the game because it's just it's rugby league heartland mm. out there. Mm. It's got a base in Ipswich, have to. But anyway, uh, the cricket pitch in the middle of North Sydney Oval. Oh, let's let's go back in time. Did you ever, did your pasty skin, did you ever oh. take skin off on that cricket pitch? Did you did you watch me play? <laughs> I, I always believed that the worst thing about rugby league was the contact. Yeah, oh mate, so hey, you're speaking I played to a in the outside here. back. I wasn't going anywhere near the middle of that field. Oh, <laughs> um, unless unless there was space for t- because of tied forwards, and then boy, oh boy, didn't I move quick across that hard to hey, come mate. off the long run. Mate, Benny, I, mate, I, people say you used to say to him, geez, you were fast, man. It was all based on one characteristic, and that was fear. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, yep, running away yep. from blokes bigger than me. Mate, well, one thing that used huh? to annoy the hell out of me every time I came over to North Sydney Oval. Now, I know you were a bit, a bit of a goal kicker back in your day. You knocked a few over. And if JT wasn't playing, did you, you, say, did you yeah. ever kick goals there and have to use that ridiculous sawdust that they used to bring out? And the argument from that the, the, uh, the groundsman there was, oh mate, yeah. it's better for the turf. I'm like, mate, there's dirt in the soil. Like, how how can you not? How can we not be using sand here? Um, look, I, look, I was young back then. I think I left the Bears at 22. I wasn't thinking too deeply about many things, um, <laughs> but I did ki- I did kick an occasional goal for the North Sydney Bears. Um, I, I reckon it might have been three or four in my four years there, um, and. Not once did I kick one at North Sydney Oval, so I didn't have the good fortune of having to use the sawdust. Um, so you're still complaining about that all these Mate, years later, yeah. right? I got I got ripped into by the because um, I, I gave it to the ball boy that was over there. I said, "But I don't want this. Bring it." And, and he couldn't bring out sawdust. He couldn't bring out sand to me. So then after the game. Your groundskeeper came and found me and tore me a new one and told me, mate, Jason Taylor can do it, so you can do it. <laughs> I was, mate, I was runnable. We'd just yeah. been beaten too. So <laughs> wasn't a good time. Now, can I just question without notice, Sats, who yep. was the better goal kicker, Rogers or Taylor? Oh, Taylor. Oh, right, right. Easily. Yeah. 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 Mate, I, budgie I, heads, but. Mate, he played in the middle and I played yeah. on the wing. I reckon I still made more tackles than him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Benny, when you think North Sydney, when Benny Iken thinks North Sydney Bears, like, who's the first player that comes to mind? Yep. 
Gary Larson. Oh, that's yeah. mine. That's mine. <laughs> Mate, what a legend, yeah. Gary Larson. And then close, close, closely followed by Greg Flora, mate. Yeah, like, yeah you know, I, I, I lean to Gary Larson because um, he's a Queenslander, but like Flo was and still is the heart and soul of that club. Mm. Um, you know, he was a genius player, very naturally gifted, could do any sport well. Uh, but Larry, for me, having played a bit of origin with him and just um, know that that part of the game that is... Um, it's a, it's a grind. It's it's tough. Um, he dominated, and you, you ask anyone that played with Gary Larson at any level of the game, and I, I remember having some conversations with guys like Jim Dimmick when they come back from that '95 tour for the ARL at the end of the year. That it was Gary Larson who got to that tour late, who stiffened up the ruse and allowed them to beat the Poms the way that they did in the end. So mm. um, I can't go past those two. Larson and Flora, mate, for me. Yeah, I think you can. Great players, haven't they? Mark oh, Graham. Yeah. yeah, some great players. There's some great players who played. Well, I actually played in the golf day recently yeah. at Maryborough, um, Family League Golf Day, with Mark Graham and Gary Larson. Oh, wow. Like, talk about legends. Uh, yeah. And yeah. can I just tell you this? Both still in very good nick. Yes, a bit like Settler. Mm. And I had a, I had yeah. a, I caught up with Gary Larson at last year's Magic Round. Yeah, and yeah, looking fantastic. And just you know what he is now? Twenty four consecutive uh, origins. He's just yeah. an absolute fan of the game. Yeah, just loves it still. Yep. Had his mates with him and just supporting the game. Doing some, oh, he's just a great fella, mate. Mm. Just a great man of the game. Hey, was still the pub- can't understand what he said. Yeah, no, no, exactly. no that's okay. yeah. can't. Hey, what was the pub across the road from North Sydney Oval? I mean, a young Benny Eichel. Perthies. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you would have ventured in there a fair yeah, bit. Yeah, got kicked out of there plenty of times. Yeah. So. <laughs> mm. yeah. Mate, so- <laughs> Me, Brenton Pomery, Darren Fritz, oh. uh, Matt Sears, oh. Michael Butner. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a crew. Jeez, that was some good players there <laughs> yeah. in those days. So, mate. The Bears non-negotiables. They've got to play two to four games at North Sydney Oval. They want the same colours. They want the logo. Obviously, want to be called the Bears. Yep. Um, what do you make of that? I mean, are, are they in a position to, to, oh, like to be it. putting any negotiables on it, the table given they want in, or is it? I, I, don't, I see I, them I as think okay. I think that's very. I think that's very considered mm. because if you want to, if you want to build a consortium, a new franchise, mm. and grab onto all of that history and that existing fan base, then you'd agree to that at a minimum. Yeah, right? you would. That's. That's just a no-brainer. So, look, um, it seems to me Volandis has started the narrative around getting to 20 teams. You know, you've got the Newtown Jets and the North City Bears who have that great history and doing good things in the second tier in the New South Wales Cup. And then, you know, we've got the PNG Hunters and the Brisbane Tigers up here um, who both claim they're ready to go. So that, that, that's healthy for the game, right? We've currently got 17 teams and four willing parties ready to go to the next level. Mm. I, I just think that that means rugby league's in a good place. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And love the work you're doing at the moment too, Benny. Always great when we have to get you on the show. You've always been a friend of the show. You actually, he was on Sports Day for many, many years, right? But, but I, I can't yep. remember. Yeah. Original host. It's, it's where he, uh, host. where he cut his teeth. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great man yeah, of the much media. Much better than you two. You oh, want to be good? Yeah. No, mate, that's too much for you. Benny Iken, thank you very much, mate, for joining us on Sports Day, reminiscing about the North Sydney Bears. Thanks, boys. Great to chat. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. Jared Waitley is joining us now from the place everyone wants to be at this weekend, Las Vegas. Jared Waitley, thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Uh, Jason, it's my pleasure. No, it's, it's, a, it's a big town, that's for sure, and it is in... 
it's in event mode like apparently rarely before. So, yeah, she's eyes wide open here. I tell you what, that's a big call for a town like Las Vegas, isn't it, when it's they're used to hosting yeah. big events and, and having lots of star power in town. Now, Jared, I remember speaking to you a couple of years ago before the Los Angeles game, and you and I have got kids around the same age, and, and that – that that halftime entertainment at that show, I still at that Super Bowl, I still think is probably the best on record. And I'll the big talk yeah. around my house at the moment, Jared, with my sixteen year old twin girls, of course, is all about Taylor Swift. According to them, it's the 49ers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs plus Taylor Swift. Is this true? Yes. Well, it's the Taylor Swift Super Bowl. I think that part is absolutely true. So you and I, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're aligned here because I've got a 16-year-old daughter as well. So we've lived in real time. The phenomenon that's grown is my girls have never had any interest in the NFL, but whenever I've watched the Chiefs this year, my 16-year-old has sat with me and watched along. <laughs> so I would say the first week, so that we have the two-week gap from the conference championships to the Super Bowl, the first week seemed to be completely overrun with the debate around Taylor Swift. Um there's been, oh, I haven't understood it all year. There's been sort of this ridiculous blowback and America tied itself in knots as to whether they should be showing her at the games or not. When the answer was just a resounding yes. There was a study done that the branding to the NFL had been worth about $300 million that Taylor had given them. And the Super Bowl is always built around star power. It is far more than just the game itself. And it's never going to have had star power like this. Uh, the fact that she comes to Australia straight afterwards and Travis Kelsey was asked the other night whether he might come to Melbourne as well if they win. Um, yeah, it's... it's uh, and, you know, Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, was asked about it yesterday. Uh, there's nothing but upside in this, but people seem to have tied themselves in knots over it. But... Yeah, for an event that is governed by star factor, it is star factor like rarely before. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Has Vegas, you mentioned off the top, is it living up to the hype and the price of Super Bowl 58? I mean, it's, I think it's the most expensive Super Bowl in history. Yeah, so the, the entry-level ticket was $8,000 US <laughs> when the matchup was set. It has come down a little bit, they've been saying, but when you're talking a little bit, you're talking sort of high 5,000s. Um, it's such an event city, so I haven't been here before, so I don't want to portray myself as any sort of expert. But since I got here on the Friday, um, I went to a live show. I went to the Grand Canyon in a helicopter. I went to the ice hockey. I've been to the Sphere. We're about to go to U2. Um, we went to opening night at the stadium where there were 24,000 people there, which is an opening night like never before. Um, so there's just so much to do here, and then you find that down to building to this has never been a sports town until about the past six years and they're going to host the absolute jewel in the crown of American sports. So yeah, the, the sense of expectation, the pride um, but just how how big everything is here, it's so well suited to a Super Bowl and there's so much to do and it's only Wednesday here. Yeah. So my experiences with Super Bowls is crowds the city doubles in size through Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, so I can only imagine what it's going to be like here by Saturday night. You've been on Radio Row. Can you just describe to us what that's like as a broadcaster? You've been doing your show live from that. Can you can you take us yeah. behind the scenes into that, Jared? Yep. Yep. So it's it's an exhibition hall as as big as can be. It's I, I wouldn't even know the dimensions. Um, 
in the centre of it is it, there are there are tables set up for every radio, every sports radio station around America and around the world that wants to be there. Uh, and I would say we're on table 81, and I reckon we're just short of the middle. So I'd say there's 200 radio stations in the middle. Wow. And then around the outside are, are the big set pieces. So Pat McAfee's set is built there. Um, CBS, who are the, the broadcaster of the Super Bowl, they're there. Fox Sports Radio is there. The NFL Network is there. So around the outside, you've got maybe a dozen stages, um, who and they're the they're the the big dollar spenders. They're the they're the big stars. So um, there's it's a cacophony of noise when you walk in in the morning, and everything in America is loud, especially their sports radio. So you get hit by this wave of noise when you first walk in, as if. 200 sports radio stations are all shouting at each other at once, and that's very specifically what's going on. So there's, they bring um, potential guests. They walk the floor, and it's not random. It's all been booked. And so uh, players, Cam Newton was there today in, um, in a cowboy hat and, and an amazing get-up, and he, he was booked maybe to a dozen different places. Um, so he walks and he does his interviews and performs as he goes and, um, it's actually one of those things where it, you'd love to have an American talent spotter with you because there'll be people walking by who will be significant who we just wouldn't know. Yeah, right. Um, but it's yeah, it's this endless array of people, and it, as that builds day on day on day as they as they service the the radio stations and the television stations of America. Well, mate, I want you to have someone spotting Tony Romo from CBS. If you can spot Tony yeah, Romo, I'd yeah. love an autograph. Hey. Let's talk about yeah, the game. Yeah. Let's talk about the game. So the Kansas City Chiefs are the Panthers uh, of of NFL football. Four of the last five <laughs> Super Bowls. Of course, they're spearheaded by by Patrick Mahomes. In in modern day sports, Jared, where do you think they rank as one of the great franchises? Yeah. So I, my threshold for dynasty is three premierships. So they've won two championships. Um, Mahomes has been phenomenal. He has had six years at the helm as the starting quarterback, and he's led them to four Super Bowls. He's won two from behind in the last quarter, and now the chance to sort of um, to immortalise all of that. So I do think they need to win a third, um, but they've got time to win a third. Is Mahomes is he's only just getting started, mm. and his his numbers and his achievements against Tom Brady, who we all concede is the greatest of all time, is he is going at a, a faster rate than Brady ever did early in his career. They haven't looked like a championship team through most of the year. Uh, they, in fact, they're only here because of their defence. Um, they got them to the playoffs, and then Mahomes and his offence have got going since. Um, they've, probably, they've been underdogs, really, in two of their playoff games, and they're underdogs going into this Super Bowl. But... His greatness is the sport is usually dictated by the great Super Bowl, uh, by the great quarterback, and he's every inch of that. So, yeah, is there's the last year was legacy defining as he played his way through injury, and he's trying to do it with less than he has done previously, uh, and he's he's got them to the cusp again. Well, on the other side of the of the of the field, you've got Brock Purdy. I mean, they've been the form team throughout the year. The the Forty Niners just got past Detroit. Uh, in the NFC, uh, sorry, not in the AFC championship, uh, NFC championship match. Uh, if I don't know, I, I think they've stumbled into the Super Bowl. Why are they favourites against the Chiefs, who just yeah. who just can't lose? 
I think that the 49ers have been the best team of the year. It's just their best forms a few weeks ago. So can they recapture that? The counterpoint, why it's interesting that they're, they're built the exact opposite to the Chiefs. So the Chiefs have the star quarterback, the great quarterback, and then lots of bits and pieces is the 49ers have what's described as an all-world team with the bits and pieces quarterback. So Brock Purdy was the last pick in his draft. It's an absolutely phenomenal story that in his second year as a starter, he would be in the Super Bowl. And he was tagged Mr. Irrelevant when he was drafted because no one ever imagined that it would amount to anything. And here he is at the forefront of this team. But yeah, this team will, if they win, they'll, they'll win on the back of Debo Samuel and his explosive running and George Kittle, who's, um, who's their, tight, their great tight end, and Christian McCaffrey, who I think is actually the, the MVP of the year. He won't, he won't win that award, but he's been the most valuable player, I think, all year, just crashing through and, and scoring running touchdowns. So uh, Purdy is um, sometimes derided as a game manager, which is perfectly fine is if he can manage the pieces of his team. That's, that's what's made them good throughout the year. But you, sometimes you have to be great to win a Super Bowl and maybe to beat the Chiefs, they'll have to be. You're right. He's a bargain quarterback. His salary this year, 870000 That's a good salary, but uh, US sports-wise, it's, it's at the bottom end, whilst Mahomes has earned $59 million this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's so that tells you where the money is being spent. It's a salary cap league. So the 49ers are spending their money everywhere other than quarterback, and the Chiefs are now spending their money on quarterback and trying to make do in every other place. So philosophically, it's such an interesting matchup. Um, they played a Super Bowl against each other four years ago in Miami. It was a brilliant game. It deserved a, a sequel, and that's what we'll get in Vegas. Before we let you go, I know you're going off to U2 to go and see them at the Dome. That is going to be an amazing concert. Um, yeah, yeah. Are we, we're hearing here that the Chiefs have been difficult this week, not allowing 49ers to share facilities. Is there something happening around that, Jared, that you can tell us? Yeah, well, there's limited facilities here in Vegas. Um, and the Chiefs, now, I don't know the politics of the how, but the Chiefs are in the Raiders facility. So the Raiders are the NFL team locally. So that's the absolute best. And the 49ers are in a... Uh, a college facility, so not nearly as good as where the uh, where the Chiefs are. So I guess one of them had to be in with the uh, in the Raiders, and the other had to be at the outpost. And it would be interesting to know. But the 49ers have been bluing about it, which I completely understand. But there's, what can you do about it? There's um, there's it's a, it's limited here in Vegas. Um, it would be interesting to know how the Chiefs got the preferable treatment. Jared, you know that just, this just adds to the conspiracy theory, don't you? That the NFL <laughs> wants the Chiefs to win. You know that. You've no doubt that's rife over there, right? <laughs> Look, I have heard so many ridiculous conspiracy theories, <laughs> and, and sometimes a lot of the, a lot of what goes on around the NFL accuses them of scripting at times. But uh, it, honestly, it won't mean much come Sunday. Oh, okay. we were in the stadium the other night, and the Forty ers So there were 24,000 fans. Geographically, obviously, this is much closer to San Fran than it is Kansas City. But they had 21,000 fans who made um, just a sensational noise and gave us a taste of what it's going to be like when there's 70-plus thousand. So I would think on the basis of that, there's every reason to think that the crowd will be heavily in favour of the 49ers. And if they can turn that atmosphere into something like a home ground, that will negate anything that's happened in the lead-up. Jared, who wins? Um, so I'm, 
uh, I, I default to Mahomes and, and to his greatness. So if I have to tip, I'll lean towards Mahomes. But I think this is this is the perfect matchup for the big game, and I would be surprised if it wasn't close. So yeah, maybe okay. the Chiefs narrowly, but um, that neither neither would surprise me. I think you're right. Uh, quickly, have you seen any marketing for the NRL? No, not yet, but I, I did ask about that yesterday. They've got a whole lot of billboards locally uh, booked for straight after the Super Bowl. Oh, you can fantastic. only imagine how expensive everything would be this week, and they'll pick up with a with a big campaign declaring themselves the Australia's number one sport. Um, that That is going to be widespread throughout the town from after the Super Bowl. The 49ers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs plus Taylor Swift Monday morning live on SEN. <laughs> And the SCN app with Jared Waitley, Ben Graham and Larry Fitzgerald. Have a great call, uh, Jared, and enjoy you too tonight in Vegas. Yes. No, I'm very excited for it. I'm glad to share it with you. Good on you. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. These California girls certainly live up to their reputation. We'll see the contest results a little later on. Let's go to Dave Stanfield down in the sand. You get out of the water and a bunch of girls attack you. What's, what's going on? Well, um, maybe I'm popular, but I'm not too sure. Not as popular as Tom Karen, but uh, I'm doing good for uh, an Australian. They love you over here in America. Okay, about the heat. You're hot. Well, I had a good heat. The tide came up, and I got four rice, which I didn't get in the last set. So I feel confident now. Good. Well, best of luck. Let's, we'll, we'll wait for the results right now and see if Aki won. Mark Okalupo seems happy with his performance. There he is, Mark Okalupo, 1985 OP Pro Classic in Huntington Beach, and he's up against Tommy Curran, and of course. He won that 1985. How old was he, Rat? I think he was 17, 18. Oh, he's on the line. I'm going to ask him. How are you, Oki? You can't play that. You can't play that, boys. That was 1985. can't listen to that. 1985 against Tom Curran in the final. So how old were you there in 1985? Well, I sounded quite young. I mean, my voice hadn't broken yet, right? Like, so, <laughs> I mean, well, it broke pretty late, but I mean, I guess I was 16 or something. Yeah. I thought, yeah. Well, but, oh, my goodness. 16. How are you, boys? Yeah, yeah really good. Well, thanks mate. thanks we're for well. taking time out, man. Of course, the Pipeline yeah, Masters right. on at the moment. First round wraps. Some Aussies going through. Before we do that, but there's been a few lay days due to the conditions. What do they do in the day- downtime, the, the surfers these days? Well, you know, I mean... It's a tough one over there at this time of year. It's quite, you know, when we used to have the event, it was more December. But January is more of a stormy month and the winds have been onshore there every day. That's why they haven't been able to run. So there hasn't been a lot of um, surfing time. So they'd, they'd be probably getting really itchy feet to get it, you know, to get it back going. But um, hopefully tomorrow, like there is a new swell coming through tonight. Uh, West swell, I actually... Was on the phone to the voice of uh, WSL Joe Trappel today, and um, you know they're expecting a pretty big west. Well, hopefully not too big. It might be a bit, you know, wash washing through there. It's you know if it's over kind of the ten fifteen feet mark, it kind of washes through a fair bit. It was a bit like that on the very first day, but still contestable. But hopefully, you know, it'll be kind of like that because the first day was exciting. You know, yeah. you, you know, it was pretty big heavy pipe. Yeah, yeah. So in that first day, Oc, we had. Sort of um, six Aussies competing in the, on the men's side of the draw. The women haven't got underway yeah. yet, but um, you had Jack Robinson, yeah. Ethan Ewing, Callan Robson, and, and Ryan Callan, and they all they're all through to the round of thirty-two. But Liam Liam O'Brien and Jake Wilcox they go into the elimination round. So 
that, that's just a two-man heat and they'll surf off and the, and the loser goes home. Is that right? No, no. Well, they got through their elimination round. Oh, so, they did? Um, yeah, they did. Liam had a, a good heat that afternoon. And I think Jacob made it into that next, this next round that we're on to, which is 16 heats. Yep. Um, they're all elimination. Yep, it's man on man. Every um, so it goes to that just like a tennis bracket right through to the final now. Nice. So um, sixteen heats, eight heats, yeah, the quarters, semi-final. So um, you know the the Aussie boys are doing good. Um, Liam looked good, and Jacob Wilcox, uh, he's he's been you know always good in big heavy waves, slabby tight waves. So you'd expect him to do good over there. And yeah. um, Liam, you know, um, he had that big injury, radical injury at Pipeline a couple of years mm. ago, but he's he, he bounced back last year, made the quarters. So He's quite good out there, you know. He's a bit of a, you know, a smoky, really. Like um, both of them, you know. Like I, I expect both of them maybe to to do quite well. And and Ryan's, you know, pretty experienced. But you know, the Aussies are looking good. Ethan's had a really good heat too. Um, so yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about Ethan. He was our best finisher last year on tour. Jack Robinson sure he was. wasn't wasn't far behind him. Had a good start to the year. Mate, we haven't had an yeah. Aussie uh, a, a men's a men's Aussie world champ for a while now. Not since Parker, I don't think. I think it's been that while. I think it's true. Yeah, mate. Julian Wilson came true, close, but how, are, are we far yeah. off? Are we far off? Oki, can um, you see? see oh, that mate, happening? we got to we got to mention the elephant in the room right here. The Brazilians. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> no, yeah, well, it's, it's that. But plus, it's the location. You know, it's um, mm. it's that location that they're pretty unbeatable. You know, like these these days, you know, it's tough because they have the whole year and it's a slog. You know, you have to really good in these individual events and even win a few and you can be you know in the lead like a, a perfect scenario this year would be jack robinson you know i mean he probably he could easily win pipe he, he won pipe last year yep. he could win chopu he could win um there's an event in fiji he's all he's an expert and it's hard to beat in those locations he, he's got a lead right but then he goes to trestles and um you know they take the points away even though he's going to be in the final you know, a Brazilian probably, you know, the odds are that a Brazilian's probably going to take him out. But, um, you know, it's it's tough. Uh, mm. You know, I don't re- I don't agree on this uh, new format at all. It's been four, three or four years now, and um, there's been a Brazilian win every time. Mm. Um, uh, it's, yeah, I'd like it to go back to the old way, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Now, before we get to the next question, Rooster Muzz says, hey, guys, did Mark Ocalupo, was he on some helium before that interview? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I know. It does sound like that. Um, I know. Oh, Early days, mate. We've all been there. Yeah. We've all been there. I could have been on all kinds of stuff, actually. <laughs> so who did you like from that, that first round? I mean, John John Florence is always pretty tough to beat, isn't he? In Hawaii. In yeah. Hawaii. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he looked really good, and um, he'd be probably the guy to beat. But I, I, think, I believe Jack Robinson can, yep. and mm. is, is is as good in the barrel and um, and um, at those really big heavy waves. He'll he'll have a go and and charge as hard as John John. So I think that's our big hope for Australia. Australia, sorry, um, to take this one out. And mm. um, yeah, it, it's going to be an exciting comp because this big swell coming through is going to last for a few days. So mm. it's not on tomorrow; it'll be on the next couple of days, and hopefully tomorrow. But It'll be really good viewing, you know. Um, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, now, obviously, the women haven't started yet, but there's a notable omission, no. which is Steph Gilmore. So really just a 12-month break we're thinking at the moment. And when she comes back, if she comes back, is will that will that sit in her favour, do you think, 
Oki, or do you think he'll put her behind the eight ball a little bit with the others? Um, it's an interesting move, you know, like, is she doing it for the Olympics? I'm not too sure. Yeah. I mean, Carissa Moore's having a, a break too and, and, and maybe not coming back by the sounds of it. You know, these girls are getting older. They've won a lot of world titles. Yeah. There's some really good new girls now. Uh, after a, a, taking a break, um, the tour's hard, man, like, yeah, mm. you know, just just to get ready for every event. And, you know, it's just a big year. I don't know if they have a really nice time on the off. They might not come back. Oh, I'd love to see them both come back. But, um, yeah, well, yeah. I think that's, I don't know. that's probably a, 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 point, a good point you make, Ock. I mean, um, you, you went through your own struggles throughout your professional career. But did. It, it's not about... It's not just about this, you know, fun-loving life where, you, you know, you're traveling the world and you're surfing and you're having a great time. It's work. And, and the stresses that come along with that, sometimes you do need a break from it. And, you know, and, and sometimes if you get the taste of the, the good life away from it, maybe you think, well, yeah. maybe, maybe I don't want to head back there. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is too good no, a life. You're right, Matty, because you're right, Matty. A year's not enough. You know, I, I took a few years off and, um, and then I found my hunger to come back. But, like, you know, yeah, I don't think he is enough, um, and they are getting on. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm not too sure there. Mm. You mentioned the Olympics there, and, of course, surfing uh, plays a major role now. Um, so it's in Paris, of course, the Olympics. So what's what's the break like over there for the surfing? Oh, it's epic. It's going oh, to really? be the best. Uh, it's going to be the best ever. You know, like Chopu's the wave. um it's, uh, you know, it, it's just a glory wave. It's on reef and it's really heavy and it's such a spectacle, really easy to film. Um, you can get so close and um, it's going to show what surfing's about as long as they get a big swell for it. But, mm. um, I mean, even if it's, you know, head high or bigger, it's still, it's still really good. Japan was good last year. You know, they did get waves. We were worried about that, um, that it was going to be flat over there in Japan, but they did get a, a swell even though it was onshore mm. and a bit, you know, a, a bit crappy. But... But it's going to be the real deal this year. Like they're going to see what surfing's about, um, the whole world. And uh, if they get a big swell, they're going to say that surfing's the best sport in the world because, <laughs> you know, when it's in ways like that, it is. You yeah. know, it's a sight for sore eyes. It really is. Yeah, so, mate, on the women's side of things, we've got, we've got some great young Aussies coming through. Molly Picklam in, in, in particular, she, she was fantastic last year. Tyler yeah. Wright, former world champion. Yeah. Um, it's a deep... It's, it looks, it's a deep competition on the women's side. Who, who do you like for the, for the pipe uh, pro and who do you like for the, uh, the season? And just before you give me a tip here, I just want to, just want to give you a heads up. Last time mm. we had Parco on the show. Yeah, he tipped us a beauty. Tipped us Ethan yep. Ewing to win. <laughs> yeah. That was Mark yeah, River, oh, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh, mate, we, we cleaned up. And you so, put your money on it and Yeah, no, no. <laughs> we, well, well it, it, it was the win Margaret River, was it? Was yeah, it Mar- Margaret River. No, no, I think it might have been Bells. Did was he win it? Bells, Ethan? He won Bells last year, didn't he? It was Bells. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He did yeah, win yeah. Yep. So he tipped us into that one. So we're looking for a winner here oh, on, the, cool. on the men's or the women's side at Pipe. All our listeners, get your pens ready. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I, I, I think, uh, I think Molly Picklin could win mm-hmm. the women. Um, you yeah. know, and she's, uh, you know, she's, um, she's in good stead, and she's not the favourite, but you know, she'd probably be a good bet. Uh, you know, in the men, you know, it's hard for me to go past John John Florence or uh, Gabrielle Medina. Um, or, you know, I mean, Jack Robinson, but if you spend <laughs> your money around too far, you're not going to win, are you? <laughs> no, There's no. probably too many. 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's got to be one of the three. Take your pick. In the men, I think, uh, John John, um, Jack or Gabriella. Right, I think, yeah. Nice. Good stuff. Hey, Oki, thanks very much for, for taking time out to come on Sports Day. Now, before we let you go, you're, no still, worries, getting out, you're still getting out a fair bit? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm um, fighting fit. Yeah, I love it. I'm out there as uh, much as I can. The waves haven't been great lately, though. They've been... Yeah, with those two cyclones haven't come into our window. Those last two, they just created havoc over land. So we need those things to stay out to see and come down our way. But um, but I'm still surfing every day. Good still stuff. ripping. Still Good ripping stuff. out there at, uh, yeah, at Snapper. I've seen it. I've seen the videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice stuff. Awesome, oh, mate. Thanks, 1999 awesome. World Championship. Like Mark, Mark Ocalupo joining us on okay. Sports Day. Thanks, Ocalupo. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Yeah, chances are you're about to lose. Keep that in mind. Chris Nelson joining us right now. Nelson, uh, weekend racing, plenty of it going on, no doubt. Yeah, plenty of racing, Jase. So good evening to you. Good evening, Sats. Uh, Saturday we race at Doomman. That's our main meeting. But we do race at the Gold Coast as well on the Poly Track, as I mentioned on Monday. Uh, we race at the Poly Track this week, next Saturday, and then we're back to the Grass Track uh, after that. 24th of February, we're back on the Grass. Uh, Toowoomba in the Twilight Zone Saturday night, Townsville up north, and the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. So uh, looking forward to those meetings. A couple of uh, country meetings, not covered by the tab, Miles and Nanango this weekend, that's all. So plenty to get our so Neil, so stuck into and back plenty of winners, guys. Poly track on yeah. the Gold Coast, is that just to give the grass track a, a rest again? No, they just wanted to do a bit more maintenance on the grass track. It was planned just to give it some extra time after the Magic Millions. They didn't want to rush in, so uh, that was sort of in the plans, but uh, sort of wasn't, it sort of wasn't. But anyway, all uh, is going well there, and we'll be back on the 24th, Sat. So. Don't worry about it. All is good. So open up your black book, and what are you looking at this weekend? Uh, open up your wallet, you mean. Black books for Mondays. Wallets for Thursdays and black onwards. Uh, the ones that you, yeah, you put okay. your... He does, he's not a real tips. The ones you've been watching. Yeah, I've got plenty in the black book. There's heaps in the well, black book. that's what I'm book. saying. Some I mean, of the ones in the black that are yeah. running on Give Saturday. Me, is that what you mean? That's what I'm saying. In <laughs> your black book, what do you got that you're going to look at for <laughs> Saturday? Oh, my God. What? Uh, all right, uh, it's, uh, well, I'm going to give you one good thing at a short price and four at good value, okay? Mm-hmm. So here we go. Race two, number two, Fukabana. This is Fukabana. all Eagle Farm, isn't it? Be very careful with that one. Yep. This is all Dooman, actually, Doomben, on Saturday. Yeah. So race two, number two, Fukabana yep. will mm-hmm. be winning and will probably be about $1.60, so it might be a bit short, but yep. uh, a winner's a winner. Now, get into the uh, ones at better value. Race five, number three, not a clue how or who. All one word. Not a clue how or who. Looks well placed there in the class one. Race seven, number 12, Jay Anthe. Nice gate back in grade. Can run really well. Race eight, number 14, Last Chance Saloon. Good winner last time out. Steps up in distance. Will suit. I think can win again. And race nine, number nine, Hatchet. A horse we regularly tip. I think he looks nicely placed there on Saturday. He's got a couple of others as his main dangers. And they're going to be way out the back. And he's going to be better than midfield and making a run for it in the straight. And they'll have to run him down. And I don't think they will. Did you say race seven, number 12? Jay Anthe. That's yep. it. Beautiful. Thank you. Right, are we all done? Yep. That's okay, you, you like. two have cleared everything up. Yep. And we'll talk to you next week Close about your black book. Close your black book. book. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Rightio. Check out <laughs> Thanks, race. Thanks, guys. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Chances are you're about to lose for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Nelson. Thanks, guys.